You are listening to the Enormo Cast. Hey, crack climbers. Do you want a crack shoe that can easily do it all? From toddler sized thin tips to soul crushing off widths and every single size in between? Well, too bad. Because frankly, that shoe doesn't exist. So, this is where the word quiver comes in. Serious rock climbers simply don't rely on a single pair of shoes for everything, amigos. And Sportiva is more than happy to supply the goods. Start with the TC Pro, and you've got the monster wide, all the way to thin hands covered. Then a pair of Eco Mythos will pick up the slack in those smaller, hardest stuff sizes. Incidentally, both face climb like butter too. Well, not all slippery and greasy like actual butter, but, you know, delicious and satisfying. Then for the really, really thin stuff, well, you're kind of on your own because those Campfire Indian Creek debates can rage late into the night. Loose sport climbing or bouldering shoe? Mm, that's not a bad bet. Or just stuff those TC Pros and get strong? That works for some. Paddle outside the crack? Seen a lot of really good climbers go that route. Personally, I run a sized up Mira or a Katana and grimace and go. But whatever size is your crack dream or nightmare, Sportiva has the right weapons to drop into your quiver. And they're built to outlast even the most pitiful flailing. Check it all out at Sportiva.com or the local shop that really, really could use your business right now. We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? You, are you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big place. That's, out. That's a big nice. place. You sold oh, it out. I'll see. We really should. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed climbing with you. We'll make it. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Good weather. Bad weather. Now or later, anytime. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment with support from Maxim Ropes and the fine folks at La Sportiva. And don't forget our charter sponsor, Bonfire Coffee. Go to bonfirecoffee.com and enter Enorma at checkout for a discount on great coffee and to support the Enorma cast. And now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the Enormacast. This is your host, Chris Galoose. It is March 19th, about 10 o'clock p.m. 2020, or as I'm calling it, PCV1, post-coronavirus 1, the new epoch. And this is episode 194 of the Enormacast, a conversation with coach, sport climber, Red River Gorge, Denizen, Drew Mack. And uh, mostly I've stopped apologizing for late podcasts because I'm on my own schedule. I'm not beholden to anything. I just try to get two out a month. Uh, but, you know, this one has run into about the three, three and a half week range since the last one. And, uh, you know, there's been stuff going on. I think there's been stuff going on. One of those things that has been going on is that right about the time I was going to put the finishing touches on this thing, I was not nearly as depressed and anxious as I am now. The Normal Child's school closed, and uh, he showed up in my life full-time again. It's my responsibility, which is fine, you know, and I admire all you folks who are instantly gotten into 
homeschooling, yeah, not really doing that over here. Lots of cartoons, lots of bike rides, not a lot of finger painting, but, uh, you know, doing our best over here. So that, that kind of interrupted a few things to begin with. And frankly, it's just been hard to turn the mics on. I've, I've tried to record this uh, a few times, and I just, you know, haven't been feeling it. So here I am, with a little whiskey on board, and we'll try to get it done today. The last three weeks have been quite an upheaval. For me, it started with uh, being sort of drawn in a little bit to a rescue down on El Gigante in Chihuahua, Mexico, where a young climber from Moab, Utah, or at least based out of Moab these days, Nolan Smith was killed when Rockfall cut his rope and he fell to his death, leaving uh, his partner Aaron Livingston on the wall in need of a rescue in a very remote place. And because of a little bit of knowledge that I have having climbed the wall, El Gigante, I was sort of pumped for some information. I did very little. I felt quite helpless uh, because it was so remote, as did a lot of the rescuers. But the folks involved did an amazing job to get Aaron off the wall very quickly and then to deal with a difficult, complicated, both geographically and politically, body recovery at the base of the wall. So my heart goes out to all those folks involved, to Nolan's family, to his friends, and uh, just really turned out that his ticket was up, wrong place, wrong time, and you know, those guys were well in their abilities on that wall. And I think that that exact thing could have happened, the rock fall without cutting the rope, you know, 99 out of 100 times. And uh, hopefully Aaron is with friends and family and taking care of his mental health. But of course, those folks return to what probably will turn out to be a nationwide mental health crisis as well as a physical health crisis with the coronavirus. I don't need to bang on that too much. You guys are probably sucking in so much information on that that it's hard to swallow. But I will say this as a PSA, the time to go on your climbing trip, your spring break plans, all that stuff is over. If you have a home, stay home. If you don't have a home, if you're a van lifer, try to limit your interaction with stores and cafes and restaurants and all those things that you normally frequent to use the internet and whatnot. Try to stay in one place. Try to gather some folks around you that uh, will keep you company, your little pod, your little viral pod, and then don't go out into the world and spread it around. Every one of us could be sort of a walking viral time bomb, and we need to pay attention and just curb those appetites for the time being. It'll only be a couple months, hopefully. Rest, recuperate, rest those joints. And if you are in a place that you can climb well, Try to limit your exposure to other people and, again, limit your interaction with the resources that you normally use when you're out on the road. And good luck with that. Be careful. Be safe. Be conscientious. Okay, some uh, little bit brighter business to talk about. Uh, my friends Taz and Brad over at Boulder Denim are running a Kickstarter right now. And I'm a little late to the party. The Kickstarter is very well funded, but I still wanted to mention it because there's some deals to be had over there. And I know, of course, right now people are like, oh my God, what is happening with the economy? Uh, money is probably tight, so maybe not the best time to be running a Kickstarter. But like I said, it looks like it was funded before this all went down. But nevertheless, you guys need jeans. 
and they make some awesome climbing jeans. The reason I wanted to promote this, and this is not a paid promotion, is because I admire what those guys did. They met as young men, teenagers actually, busboys, and eventually started this business together. Very small, very grassroots type setup. They're doing a redesign, which is why they're running a Kickstarter. Uh, companies like that, they they don't necessarily have a lot of money to do redesigns. And uh, this is just simply a way to do pre-orders, actually. It's not a Kickstarter where you're dumping money into some concept that might just disappear. But uh, but yeah, you're just pre-ordering and getting a really solid deal on some jeans. You need jeans, even in this time of pestilence. Check it out. It's over at Kickstarter. The actual address is too complicated. Just go to Kickstarter and search for Boulder Denim 3.0 and check out what they have. Even if you're not planning to pledge, they've got a really cool story. Again, young climbing entrepreneurs, you know, trying to fill a niche, a niche, niche or niche, a niche, I think. Is it niche? Is it epoch? Epic? I have no idea. All right. Keep in mind, too, that if this does turn into some sort of zombie type apocalypse, you're going to need to high kick. High kick to the head just could be the thing to take one of those monsters down. Moving on. This is one of those intros that's going to go on. But you know what? It's probably okay to talk right now. Don't you think? Let's talk a little bit about Drew Mack. Drew showed up on the mic just minutes, it felt like, after he sent one of his more important projects in his life. And uh, this interview talks a lot about that. It was it was kind of a cool nexus of influences and ideas that came together when he sent. And uh, talk a little bit about coaching and about anxiety and just about going forward with this weird funny life that we call climbing. And uh, he's also dabbling in, in becoming a professional climber, quite the polar opposite of the George Lowe interview that's been been around for three and a half weeks now. That's fitting. George Lowe deserves to be on the top of the feed for a little bit longer than most people. But yeah, this is a little bit of the opposite end of the spectrum. George, historic figure, deep climbing roots in the mountains, and Drew, a sport climber, a little bit new to the scene. And uh, this one's all about that kind of motivation. So good bookend to both ideas in climbing. And I hope you dig it. And I hope all these podcasts, whether this one, whether my old episodes, and maybe even the run out, the new, newer podcast with Andrew Bishrat, I hope they just take your mind off shit. Because your mind needs to be taken off the shit right now. So dig it. An hour of me and Drew Mack talking about this frivolous little thing we call climbing. So Tradsters, tell me who loves you more than Black Diamond. Wait, your mom? Give me a break. She may be good for a warm meal and an emergency check when the Sprinter Turbo shits the bed. But when did your mom ever reduce your rack weight by 30% with a still futuristic cam like the Ultralight Camelot? In the last five years, Black Diamond has refined and redesigned their cams over and over to give you the best protection money can buy. And now, guess what? They took the venerable C3 and X4 and replaced them with the Z4. Wait, what? Just listen. The likes of Hazel Finley and Carla Traversi helped with these from the ground up. Get it? And then Hazel sent Magic Line just to prove their worth. So are they only good for 514? Of course not. They're good whenever you need a low-profile, hard-sticking cam that won't wobble around in your hand like a slippery hot dog when you pull the trigger. 
So go to BlackDiamondEquipment.com or your favorite local shop to check out the Z4, the latest in a continuing tradition of cam refinement from the climber engineers at Black Diamond. Tell them your mom sent you. You know, like living in St. George for the last two months or so, it, like in my car, mm-hmm. and every once in a while you get off, I get a hotel room just to live better. Yeah, and, get cleaned and, up, relax, dude, catch up on your shitty television. Crazy how like how some are freezing cold and some are so yeah, hot. Totally. Yeah, the the hotel on the road thing is so luxurious sometimes. Oh, like man. even like a totally shitty hotel. Just like bawling out. Yeah, yeah. totally. Like, like living in your Honda Pilot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I always binge. Uh, I'm really into those um, the car building shows. Oh, interesting. Like uh, the garage, like hot rod yeah. or like custom garage shows. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, and we don't really have that access to that kind of thing at my house. So that's kind of my go-to like, like TV binge. If I can find TV, one of those. TV, yeah. TV. Yeah. I couldn't find, I was at like, I got here like 1230 last night and I couldn't find one. I was super bummed. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, that's classic. They're all, they're so funny too, because if you binge watch them, they're all the same and they all have like this, it's like these manufactured crises, yep. you know? Like, yep. No, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah. I, I like, I sort of like mechanicking on my car, so it's fun to watch them. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's Honold getting escorted to some event later today. <laughs> That's an old joke from uh, Corey Rich's podcast last year in this very same spot. So. <laughs> For real. Um, oh, yeah. crazy. So let's roll. Huh? Yeah. You got any more questions? No. Okay. Excited. We'll keep Excited to be here. Stoked that we worked this out. Yeah. We almost tried to do it in Carbondale, but we kind of missed each other just by a few minutes in a way yeah. with timing. But um, you actually, we had been talking about getting together all month and you were like, I'll be driving through at some point. And then all of a sudden you were like, set my project. Did the rig. And uh, it was kind of like an interesting text and, and uh, story, I guess. Yeah. So tell, tell me about what you were doing in St. George leading up to this project. You didn't even tell me what it was. So you yeah. Can, you can tell us now. But Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's cool. It's so, this is a really cool moment for me because I get to talk about this thing that was really important to me. And social media is nowadays it feels hard to like write about your experiences. It's so short form. So I feel like honored to be here and also have this moment that just happened. But yeah, at the beginning of November, I came out to uh, the St. George area to sport climb in the desert. And, you know, I had good friends out there who'd always told me to come climb. And so I just kind of dipped out from Kentucky and, you know, I've, I've been there since November. I did a bit of time in Vegas, went bouldering, did some big walls, but I basically just started trying this route called Flight of the Concords in the Hurricane. And that's a 14 seeds, like a boulder low, and then kind of easy climbing in the middle, and then a hard boulder at the top. Um, and quickly, I was like falling at the end. And I took some breaks. Like I said, I went to Vegas and bouldered, and I just did my, you know, just did the normal thing. Um, and then over the last like month, I'd say, um, I've just been locked in there at the Hurricane. Like, uh, for me, performance mode is a one on one off. So I'm like climb a day, rest a day, climb a day, which just becomes like, it's a lot of work and energy and effort and time to think that much resting. It's also just a lot of time to th- like drive yourself crazy a little right. bit. Um, so this whole process was just this whole route really meant a lot to me. I haven't, I haven't climbed 14 C outside of Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, you know, that was really, 
it was I wanted to do that. That's proud for me. It was something proving to myself and important to myself and just keep pushing. And I haven't done a hard route, I think you know, I haven't done five fourteen C since the spring, um, last spring. So, you know, I had dealt with some injuries this summer and it, it just like this project meant a lot to me. Uh, is what I'm trying to explain right. right now. It meant a lot to me just in the grand scope of like coming out and being in a new area, you know, trying a really hard route for myself and just falling at the end over and over and over again. And I fall, I probably fell up at the top like between 20 and 30 times of, of like a 90 foot route, you right. know, falling three moves from, from the jug, from three moves from the anchors basically. Well, and you got to like console doing that yourself. Repeatedly. Console yourself. It's good for your fitness. Right? Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what all the homies were like. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, you're you're going to be, be really fit right now. <laughs> um, but there's just, there's a whole mental, there's yeah. a mental battle mm-hmm. of, of hard projects. And I've, I've dealt with those before and I've, you know, I've dealt with this process before and um, the mental, physical side of all of that. And then, you know, like time was ticking, you know, I was like, yeah. I'm coming here for the OR show to meet with some companies. Um, and I was like, man, do I, do I like come, do I bail from the project and, you know, call it a wrap and keep heading home to Kentucky or do I like drive to Denver and then drive back and what, what makes sense, you know? And, um, so like you're already contingency, I'm already that, like that you're not going to do it. I'm like stress, you know, you have these backup plans and these stress yeah. plans of like, I, you know, it's just like, you're thinking ahead already, you know, and I. I knew I could do the route any try for the last month, right? Which is so t- like taxing and tiring, and you know I think it's really important to be confident, but that confidence can lead to expectation as well, you know. And you're like, if every try is the try that it could happen, every try that you don't do it can only lead to more frustration. Right, right, right. You know, yeah, so, it's a tricky game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I felt really, I felt good about the whole process. I felt really mentally okay. I felt like I was just happy to be there. I was really happy to be there. I felt like I put in the work, I prepared, I practiced, I did all those things and I could live with whatever result that was. And that's really important to me because I've had projects where I'm just really mad or frustrated or whatever. I felt like in a good headspace. And I tried, I tried once that morning and I felt we'll get into like that day, I guess. I felt once that morning and I was really frustrated. I knew I had to leave and I knew I didn't really have any much time. And I was just kind of unsure of like, you know, being out on the road that long, it's ready to get home, ready to train, ready to prepare for the things that come next. So I was bummed, you know, I was like <laughs> not, I was not psyched. Normally my first try is my best. So I was just like kind of in my, in my feels. Right. I turned my phone on, um, kind of check the time. I normally check the time after my project to see, uh, how long I should rest. Um, and I, my phone was blown up. I had like 10 text messages and it was all like uh, Kobe Bryant had passed away. Uh-huh. And I, you know, I grew up playing basketball since I was a little kid. I'm a huge fan. Um, it's like, cli- like climbing used to be my biggest inspiration uh, for a long time. And I, I'm still really inspired by climbing. But right. you also, uh, I found over the last, you know, five or six years that like other things inspire me more than climbing probably because i climb every day <laughs> a lot of days right so, you know i i kind of refound my love for basketball i've been playing i play it like you know i always have shoes in my car i always have a ball in my car it's like a, i love the game and of course kobe's just this larger than life figure you know for hard work for perseverance for you know this just everything just like an idol a hero so to hear that news like on this day that i was already feeling these personal things was just it felt 
it felt weird. It felt sad. I felt, I felt like, tra- like just pure tragedy. Like, you know, beyond myself of like, whatever, I don't care about rock climbing. At that moment, it didn't, I didn't care about the route anymore. You know, I didn't care of like, you know, there's people dying, like literally people dying and like 13 year old, you know, his daughter was on the helicopter. Like, you know, it just didn't, climbing didn't matter to me at all. And it's weird. It's really weird to talk about like death, um, of somebody that you, you know, I, that you connect with, but you don't personally know right. as well and how that affects you and how, um, how those feelings just, you know, uh, rap music's really important to me. And over the last couple of years, a couple of rappers passed away that I really, uh, where it was inspired by and like felt um, emotions uh, through their music. So this felt like, it just felt really heavy. One of my friends encouraged me. I was like, I don't want to try. I don't really care. I just want to kind of move on. And he was just like Mamba mentality. That was like, you know, Kobe's book is hashtag kind of just this like, this mantra of, you know, like all that hard work, all those hours you put in, all that just effort. And he told me, like, you should try again. He was like, you should just go for it. You know, Kobe would want you to try again in a, in a weird way, you know? And um, and I did the route. <laughs> and I, I I haven't told many people this, but I always have mantras in my head of, like, uh, you know, rap song or lyrics or just, like, things like keep calm, things that I am saying to myself the entire time I'm climbing. And that can either help me stay chill or can amp me up in those moments where I need to have, like, a lot of energy. And so for that, red point i just said mama mentality the entire time and probably 50 times as i climbed the route and uh um yeah i did it it's just like this surreal feeling and i clipped the anchors and i haven't told anyone other than my friends this but i just started crying like like sobbing Uh and um and i don't like it what it wasn't that I felt like this rush of emotion from Kobe or from the route or from my last year of not really feeling inspired or climbing how I feel like I am capable of. It felt like all of that. It just felt like this moment of like pure, like, I don't, I don't even know the right words, cathartic in this weird mm-hmm. way of just mm-hmm. like this rush. And I just cried for like 10 minutes Right on. <laughs> and people came to me and gave me big hugs and everyone in Craig was really happy and. I felt happy, but I also felt like this weight in my stomach. I just felt like I felt a general sadness mm-hmm. and happiness and like a relief. Right. And and I also just didn't know how to feel. Right. It's like this. Uh, it just it's just a weird moment. Maybe not my hardest rock climb ever. It won't be like I'm capable of much more. I I really believe that. But I think it'll be forever like one of the most important and memorable climbing experiences I've ever had without a doubt just because of the massive uh dramatic like just very dramatic feelings all happening at the same time Mm -hmm. and not being able to really understand or understand how that felt I'm a really emotional person as well so I just I felt all of those things like in my stomach and uh yeah, it just felt it felt crazy. Mm-hmm. It felt weird and crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you had the right friends around. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Good people around and also just like Cuz if I was there I would have like turned away, you know, yeah. in embarrassment and let let you just yeah, do no, it. Yeah, totally. Cuz that, that's the kind of I'm like the old school guy like totally. Oh my god, he's crying now. Yeah, totally. Okay. And other people would have well, What done do that. I do? And there's <laughs> other, there are people at the crag that didn't know about like this right, Kobe situation or the right, right. my last year of mm-hmm. like um you know, and that's a whole nother, we could talk for a, a long time about 
you know, it's last, year, last year was just a hard year for me, right. you know, and, I, and I've written about that and I've talked about that. That's like my own baggage and stuff that mm-hmm. I handle. But this was like, this route was a redemption of sorts for me. Mm-hmm. And it felt, it felt like I worked really hard for it and I was really proud of it. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it's cool to have people like, there's people definitely there that were like, Oh, this guy's losing it. Yeah, he's <laughs> totally, and I'm fine with that. No, you know? I mean like, it's just I don't, don't care to be you don't dramatic. Have a, you don't always I don't feel need to like explain. you've created or you have a relationship to sort of dip, like move yeah. over there, and you know some random guy comes yeah. up and gives you a hug or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. No, but it's, fine. Uh, it's important for me to like call some of my friends yeah, that were for there sure. for me the, the whole process. Yeah, you know? that's that's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, that's only happened. Uh, that only happened like a couple of days ago, right? Yeah, a couple. Yeah, days Yeah, I mean, ago. how are you feeling now? Is it still like with you? Are you still like? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like this thing of. I mean, like, obviously, you've gotten more information about, yeah. you know, what happened with the helicopter yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But just aside from that, like the feelings that. Yeah. No, I mean, I still. still, still I, riding it. I don't think I'll ever truly understand the, the emotions of that moment. But, uh, you know, I've thought a lot about it. And just, I think that there's triumph and tragedy. I think that there's um, there's a lot there of like maybe why i climbed like this disconnect of having this this you know um uh, a good friend of mine felipe did a hard route in spain like a year ago and uh it was right after uh david lama passed away Mm -hmm. um and he said you know like you know it's not the scenario that you want obviously at all but there there's a you realize in those moments how how little this climbing thing is or how in how like in i I can't even think of the right word but how how whatever this route means you know how i I spent so much time and effort working on it and how it became this big massive thing in my head but you know there's like there's real life happening and there are millions of people around the world that are feeling uh this loss right now not just me right and um and people who are inspired in different ways, who are inspired by his legacy. Um, and in that moment, I can only be like, you know, I was inspired by, by everything that he did and created and, um, and just to live life to the fullest, you know, like uh, anything can happen. I don't know how to feel about it still. Right. I don't know how to talk about it or write about it even. Right. Cause it's weird to, I started writing about this whole thing and that day and I was like, this day isn't about me, you know, this day this day, I don't want this day to be remembered by like this route that I did. I want it to be remembered by like the the legacy and and the these 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 people who unfortunately uh, aren't with us anymore. And the in the like the you know I it just felt like I was writing about myself, right? And I didn't like that. Well, that's a word, and it's sort of cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. Yep. And that's process. I mean, yep. you have to process it. Still, yep. it was two days ago, three yeah. days ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, to begin to to wrap your brain around it and yeah. intellectualize it a little bit, but yeah. keep those emotions there. It's like yeah, yeah. and all of those moments, mm-hmm. you know, trying to process all of that. Well, and isn't that like the you know, I don't know how you feel about your writing as far as a, as, as a skill yeah. or whatever. <laughs> um, but really that's, I mean, that's what makes good writing or yep. good, whatever, however you're going to communicate yep. it is the fact is if you're a person who can find that way yep. of, I mean, that's really it. Like, yep. That's what makes people. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So, and I, um, I do like, I, I put up a Instagram post after, you know, being, you know, I just, I wrote bittersweet. It was right. the first word that I wrote, right. and that's how it felt like a lot. And uh, 
in that moment, I wanted to write about, you know, how happy I was to climb the route, but I also, I wanted to just, just tell people I'm proud of this. Then this thing also happened. Right. And if you know me, I just keep it all short. Right. If you know me, you know how both of these things have such a massive impact right. on my life. And, uh, and I'll let, I'll let the audience come to their conclusions with that, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, it sounds to me like part of this was this letting go thing that I hear so much about with, and and, and yeah. it's worked and it's worked <laughs> for me. I mean, you know, it's simple as like, you know, the send that you do on what you thought was just going to be sort of a yep. working burn because you yep. wasted it totally. and you send it. And it seems like that baggage sort of like, oh, this doesn't matter. Yep. You know, in the, in yep. the, in the not mattering, it was like, oh, I can climb this in a lighter way or yep. like, uh, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, totally. And I think that like <laughs> through this whole process, I was like trying to convince myself that I was let go or that I was like distant from, yeah. from how much I wanted to mm-hmm. do it. But at the same time, all I wanted to do was climb the route. Yeah, no, it's, so it's like totally not like right. you, I was felt like I was convincing myself of how I was, how I wanted to feel. Right. It was like, oh, that just has to happen. You just have to get out of your own way. Yeah. Like, and to me, when I climbed the route, I was just climbing to climb. I wasn't trying to send the route. I was right. just trying to rock climb. Right. And there's such a massive, massive difference in, in those two sediments, you know? Yeah. Like. You know, if every try is trying to send, you're missing a piece of like it's funny, the authenticity huh? yeah. of just rock climbing. Well, it's funny because it's like a, uh, you know, it's a paradox. I mean, it's a classic Straight paradox. Up. Yep. Like trying so hard is suddenly becoming this this like uh, this impediment to succeeding. I mean, totally. it's the it's the essence as far as I understand it, and someone can correct me, but it's sort of the essence of like a Taoist theory of yep. of like being not trying to, to succeed or yep. whatever. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. and have yeah. you, you know, looking back at like, uh, uh, some of the, I mean, what I found in terms of media on you, a lot of it is around training, but a lot of it is around physical training. Have you delved into this a lot with your own, uh, either talking to other people or with yourself as far as maybe the mental, this, yeah, this weird, and it's almost like, it's funny. <laughs> I mean, there's real sports psychology around it, but then it becomes very specific to Barry. climbing. I think that's that, that runs a little bit differently since there's not a there's not like technically a competitor. Yeah, you know, totally. And I so that's you know a lot of the inspirations that I have are competitor like competitor sports. And I grew up playing basketball, so you like you shit talk, you know, and like you you're you can be confident in like that kind of stuff. But climbing's so drastically different from that. Right, you have to be like to be motivated and excited and like focused but also like very calm and very outside of also that excitement right um no like i've always been asked that like mm-hmm. in, in clinics or whatever like people will ask me how i deal with the mental side and i've always felt like i was really good at it <laughs> and then, but then there's certain scenarios then- where you're like Oh, I'm awful at this. And I right. think that's probably how it goes. The cloudy, like, a few so, cloudy days in a hurricane and yeah. you're like, maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking yeah, exactly, about. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, find, I, I think that's something I try to talk to my friends about and just like learn about. And then just just trying to really pay attention to yourself and how I, how I feel and what I'm thinking about and what I'm, how I'm processing these different emotions and feelings and, and the mental sides of things, you know, music is really helpful for me to either calm me down or get me really motivated. But yeah, I think that's something that like, 
especially after this process. Yeah, well, will yeah, be, it might have provided a piece of the puzzle. A little yeah, bit. definitely. Well, and I think it'll just be something that you're. I'll never know. Right. And I'll just always take notes of, mm-hmm. you know, like I've taken a lot of just mental notes from this whole process, you know, like stepping away to Vegas to do some bouldering was really healthy. Okay. And maybe at that point, you know, stepping away to come to Denver, had I not climbed there out would have been really healthy. And so like, those are, those are the mental things I like taking note of on the day to day. Like it's, it's hard, right. you know, it's hard when you like really care about something and want to perform and want to do it. Um, and I'm still working through that. Well, the stepping away thing is, is uh, I mean, if you have the time, right? Sometimes life makes 100%. you step away. I'm a very privileged yeah, like, yeah. to have this but lifestyle. I think the stepping away thing is always a trick, too, because there's like giving up and, and you know, it's a fine line between Straight giving up. up or I may never get back to this Straight thing. Up. But yep. recognizing it's maybe time. I mean, again, going back to just observations in in the sport over the years is that, yeah, there's that classic thing where you, you, you high point and then you start falling lower and lower and lower. And, you know, so yeah, I have a good friend, Michael Logan. Um, he's been on the show actually, uh, on the listener mail or something, but he, uh, he was climbing in rifle on, um, living in fear. Great route. Okay. Living in wow. fear. That's a mental battle. Like I had a mental yeah. battle on. And this was like shit a decade and maybe two yeah. decades ago. But I mean, it was literally affecting his marriage. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and, and in terms of just time put in totally. and his frustration and, you know, he, he was go- falling lower and lower and lower and yep. lower and he had to just walk away and he never went back. Yep. Life intervened. Yep. You know, he has two kids now and stuff, but. He just had to give up or it was like ruining him. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and I think there's a time where it's like, you know, like stepping, stepping away for good is okay. Or stepping away until you feel this peace of mind, you know? Right. And for me, it's like, I can go to Vegas and have a mini boulder project and know that that, that little boulder, like I only will step away if to do something that I know is going to help push me forward, right. you know, like I'm very like, if I fall, I'm going to take inventory of why I fell. What happened? Mm-hmm. Why did that? Why did that happen? What can I do better to not have that happen more? So like, you know, Vegas was important or hangboarding more, or maybe like burning out on another route at the end of the day is like, it can push you forward a little bit. It's not like to me, it's easy to get in a project mindset of like just beating your head against the wall. I have to really take note of what's going to make this change. Uh, I haven't had someone like you on the show in a while in terms of, of a, perf- a real performance-oriented rock climber. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I get all types, right? Totally. And I think that sometimes I, I like these, I mean, it's pretty in the weeds kind of shows. Yeah. But what it shows, I think, the audience and something I've known for a while is that, you know, these sport climbs, right? Like if you're not a sport climber, if you're sort of a, you know, all arounder or a mountain totally. climber, you can look at this as like, uh, you know, sort of a, the hard candy of, of climbing, like, you know, fun and good and, but like not that big a deal, but realizing that the, the level of performance to climb, I mean, 14 C, I think in the media, you can even not even think of that as like that big a deal. Anymore. Yeah, totally. But it's yeah, all, no, totally. It's, but it, yeah, you know, I just like like to hear about it because I realize that if I climb, let's see, middle five thirteen, it's like it's easy to get this feeling that well, you know, a little more work, a couple more pull ups, some finger, yeah, <laughs> I, I'll, I could push myself, I, you know, yeah. But there's just so much more to it, and I like the fact that for you personally, 
you know, this route, this 90 foot yeah. uh, bolted climb. I mean, it has all the portents of a, of a big mountain of, totally. of what other people approach, you know, what they would consider very serious climbing. Totally. But, yeah. I mean, I think that sport climbing or bouldering like are, is very accessible and right. I'm not like it's a low consequence. I'm not out in the woods. I'm not out like, you know, in the Whitner River Range or like, yeah, but we're not like talking crazy. about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's how, but yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah. I think that there are like, you have to. All, there's so many like subtleties to really climbing at your limit, and whether that's 515 or you're trying to do your first 12A and you spend a month invested on it, like mm-hmm. there that there's so much baggage with that when you want to accomplish something. Well, and I want to. I also like make a case, and I want to make a case that embrace the baggage because totally. you know it's easy, like you just said. Okay, your first 12A, and it's easy to have. Whatever high you get from that, like yep. instantly deflated by thinking about how much harder <laughs> other people climb yeah, or, 100%. you know, there's all this, whatever it is like, yep. oh, well, you know, people were warming up yep. on my project. Totally. Like that. No, man. But I'm me, like, look, embrace it because yep. it's, it can't, it can be meaningful if you yep. let it be meaningful. Yep. And like, I'm always just like, go down the path, like yep. get into it. And, yeah. And that's why I wouldn't quit. Right. You know, that's why I would have driven here to Denver and gone back is because like I put in all of that work and right. effort and that journey is really important to me. But that moment, that destination, that like feeling is, uh, it's hard to beat. Right. Right. <laughs> it's so hard. Like that's, you know, I do like that moment is insane. Mm-hmm. I could have one of those moments every five years and that's like pretty special yeah you know like where you really invest in something and you have that 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 six minutes on mm-hmm. the wall mm-hmm. that's like truly i know it's, amazing. it's just wild and, yeah. and, and you're like this type of climber which is also really fun to talk to because you are you allow yourself this like emotional connection to what you're doing totally. because there's a whole nother school of like the no big deal people totally. and i think i have a tendency to be in that you know yeah. uh, i was joking not joking, not joking. That like I would have just been like, "Oh, dude's crying." <laughs> totally. Although actually, that's not true because I, I, um, I hugged Ethan Pringle when, yeah. he, when he cried after Root in, in Spain. So, so I can get, I can get past yeah. it. But, but I, I have a tendency. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah, I have a tendency to be the no big deal person. Totally. And, and so like, you know, I, I like every hard climb I've ever done. I like I've already downgraded it in my head before, <laughs> before like literally before my feet have touched the ground because I, guess I don't it's climb not that so hard. Bad. Yeah. yeah. I guess I didn't. I mean, it wasn't that hard, so yeah. it must not be like whatever it totally. was, you know, and, and we're I'm talking in that, the man. 513 grade. I think that's know? why, you know, like people connect with me via my social media or whether it's at the crag or want to say hi to me or whatever. Like I, you know, I, I'm just trying really hard right? <laughs> and I really care about what I'm doing and I care about the people around me and I want to succeed and I want, you know, and I also find like I'll get emotional like if somebody else is really happy about doing something, right? you know, if somebody does their first whatever, it's, it's cool to me if you put in the work for it. Right. Um, right. so like, yeah, I get it. I understand, like. I understand the no big deal side of things. And sometimes I've done that with some routes. And mm-hmm. then there's other ones that just for some reason mean a whole lot more. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, at least in my case, it's probably, you know, I've sort of dabbled in what I would consider performance climbing yeah. for me. It's probably part or partially why I'm not as successful. And it's just all personality. You totally. know? And, it's, and, I, and I've felt that way before where, you know, I just can't rise 
to the challenge because I sort of have this attitude problem to, so, to yeah. put it succinctly. Interesting. Like an attitude problem, yeah. like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And so and, I, I've wrestled with that in a way, like, how do I hook my jumper cables into this? Totally. What I see guys like you doing, and I can't necessarily just create that totally like organically or I don't know, you know, totally. I'm just yeah. kind of been working I mean, on it for years. There's you know? a, there's a side of me that's like that with some climbing media nowadays, right. because like if I see a video of somebody and I'm really proud of what they did, but they're in the video talking about, and there's no shots fired at all, but like they're talking about the process and what it took. And you know, I had to change my life and my eating and I had to be better. And I had to, at a certain point it's like how how many times are you changing your life how many times are you like you know making these major life changes to Mm -hmm. do this rock climb or to be a better rock climber um i get tired of that you know it's like i'd rather just like put in the work behind the scenes and then like show up and do some something that like took me a lot of work Uh and uh uh but like you know and, and even saying that like i really did like i changed how i ate I didn't like I cut everything. I like was stretching for three hours a day. Like when you're fully invested into something, mm-hmm. uh, it's hard not to be emotional. It's hard not to, to really care about it because you're literally like it's obsession. Mm-hmm. It's purely obsession, right? Which can be unhealthy as well, you know. But like I just lived to for a month to climb that route, which is like insane, right? <laughs> And then a lot of people could listen to this and say, like, that's silly. Yeah. And I can fully understand that. Right. And I could look at myself and be right. like, you're insane, right. dog. Like, that's yeah. nutty. What are you doing? Well, but, but like, yeah. but also, I'm like, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Well, it's cool. I mean, the one thing I I, um, I want to say, too, is like, it, it can seem silly or whatever, but it's, to me, it's not boring. And and I think that, I mean, and, and honestly, like, I think that a lot of folks can throw away this whole, like, sport climbing thing, again, as being like, well, those guys are just, like, they, they just train so heavily. And it's yeah. like, when you get to nitty gritty, it's so much more than that. And if it if it's communicated a certain way, talking about what you, you know, look at on, on social media can be empty or it can, you know, people can get something in there, but... uh but to me, it's not boring. Yeah, and and I also battle with that because yep. I sometimes, you know, I do get sort of tired of like, yeah, you know, I dug deep and I sent, you know, kind of a thing. Totally. But that is boring. But the getting into like <laughs> the nitty gritty sometimes can't be. So yeah, totally. Speaking of that, I mean, you if you want to talk about, it, I don't know. And we move back into this year of baggage. Yeah. I mean, what are we talking about? Injuries? Are we talking about? So yeah, I mean, I've written a little bit about it, but you know, like I. A part of why I was really happy to to do this and that text came across probably excited is like, you know, Instagram to me isn't the avenue to right. to express how I feel and the things that I want to explain and share and and hopefully that inspires somebody. Aren't we? Aren't we like? Aren't a lot? It feels like a lot of people are are confronting this very issue. Well, lately, to me, to I mean, me, are we at some place where? Where there's going to be a little bit of a pullback from... To me, it's it's a, uh, there's been such a, I don't know, and maybe I need to be careful of what I say, which mm-hmm. is what we're talking about in right. a way, too, is that there's like, there's a, there's a, there's a bubble of vulnerability in a weird way. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so much vulnerability on Instagram and authenticity, you're supposed to be authentic. Right. But then, how much is oversharing? You know, how much, right. like, do I really, how much, like, are you just... Are you trying to are you trying to be authentic 
to so that people will like attach to that or feel something with that and is that even is that then authentic right you know and that's something that like as somebody who has written a lot on instagram mm-hmm. and posts a lot and mm-hmm. shared a lot of how i feel and things like that it's something that i just felt like uh you know i'm just trying to be aware of like when is the time to be authentic and share these important things and when is the time to say less right say less and do more you know and maybe 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 you can get the whole picture across by saying less and that's where i'm at nowadays and i have nothing wrong with people being vulnerable and account like you know doing all of those things but personally i just felt like there's some things that belong to me and belong to you know my friends and family that i want to share mm-hmm. and there's other things that'll stay off of the internet right um Yet here and we maybe are. and it's i have this, a, this is going on the internet i have a wet no but like it's different it's <laughs> yeah, different yeah. though you know i get it yeah it's I'm different like and i have i have a i have a website and it has uh, a blog on it right. and i think that's closer to an avenue of expressing right. like right. that day-to-day emotion or that day of what it took to climb this route mm-hmm. um and a podcast is even more in depth of like if this feels personal right and it feels genuine and i feel like i can talk to you as a human and i can explain how i felt and the things that I've dealt with and not to say that like I've been through a lot because there's a million people going through more, but everyone is going through their own battles and their own trials and tribulations. And if my, my stories can help one person, then I'm happy. So that's the long winded of like why I was excited about this and why, you know, I haven't written a lot about my last year. Um, but like in, um, I had some relationship issues, um, with, with friends that were, were really difficult. Um, and that's, doesn't need to be, you know, like there's just things in life that are really hard right. and there's, there's, there's people that you really care about and, and, uh, they can break your heart, right? you know, and that, that was something that, that happened. And I had, I had, uh, some family members pass away. Um, I, I injured my finger. Um, and then I had a, uh, I coach a 15-year-old kid that I worked with for four years, um, um, and he tried to commit suicide. And this is all over, you know, all of these things and all of these other, you know, all these just like little things or big things, but that just happen at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's like the shorter, you know, like, I don't, it's hard. You know, I want to explain things, but right, I'm also right. like, this is yeah. my, yeah. So, you know, it's like, all of those things happened whether they were like together, like multiple things happening at once. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt so disconnected from my climbing. Mm-hmm. I felt so doing this process, being selfish was the last thing that I wanted to do. You know how selfish it is to go and rock climb on your own for a month and try one route three months. Right. It's, uh, it's hard. You know, I feel like I feel compelled to do more with my life sometimes or that I should have a bigger impact. And, and in all of, through all of those, all of these different things that I was dealing with very real emotions, like climbing and climbing at an elite level was kind of the last thing that I was, I was thinking about and I lost passion and I lost drive and I just felt pretty disconnected from where I've, where I've been in the past and where I am now. And, um, I, I did a trip to Mallorca, which really made me like in September, and that really made me fall in love, like with rock climbing again. It made me like really, uh, like know that I, like I really love rock climbing. Right. I, it's like my world, you know. I don't always have to be performing at a high level. I don't always have to be putting in the work like I did for the last three months. 
just like beating my head. I can go and have fun and go to a different area every day and climb on different routes every day and be with friends. And, you know, that, that, that also is important, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I did a bunch of coaching in the fall and I felt like it wasn't just about me. It was like in some way I was, I was using the knowledge or the skills that I've used for a long time to, uh, to work with other people and to, you know, have an impact on somebody else's climbing. And through that, I've like, you know, then I was like, all right, cool. It's my turn, you know? And then I had this whole process, which culminated in that day. So like 2019 was the hardest year I've had since I was in the ninth grade. And when I was in the ninth grade, I went to a, a facility to get help for anxiety and depression. And this was, this past year was the hardest year I've had since then. How old are you now? I'm 25. Okay. So, you know, like 10 years or something. Right. And I felt that this summer, I mm-hmm. felt like I really isolated myself. I didn't want to work hard. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was like sad and anxious and, and, uh, and, uh, and that's something that I've talked about. It's weird to talk about social mm-hmm. anxiety, mm-hmm. like anxiety right. and depression, especially when people see you via social media as being like, or being somebody who's really talkative, right? you know, and still having like these. Yeah. So that very ninth real, grader still in there. Totally. Yeah. And it just comes out every once in a <laughs> right. while, you know, and I like can't, I can't, <laughs> it would be like the millennial thing. To, I just can't right now. But, uh, I just like, I, yeah, it just comes out and mm-hmm. I like, I, I have times where I'm really sad and I'm, I mean, sad is, sad is not the right word because right, right. it's like clinical depression sure. kind of thing, you know? Um, and, uh, and I, I haven't experienced that in a really long time. Um, well, I mean, to that, to that extent, yeah. like we, we were walking over here and <laughs> get, kind of getting to know each other cause yeah. we don't, we don't really know each other and, you know, talking about how I have a kid and we made, you made some jokes and I agreed like, you know, be, you know, all this adult stuff. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but really like what to me, like what happened to you this year, that's adult stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like you're on your oh own my God. and, and I mean, these things, the fact that they happened all at once is, yep. is super heavy, but you know, these are these like, like terrible milestones. Yeah. That's part of, you know, yeah. living long enough on this earth yep. to have these yep. encounters with totally. death, with, you know, betrayal, with. Yep. And maybe you get lucky and you make it to 25. Yep. But it sounds like you had other issues as well that came along the yeah, way. Yeah, I but, mean it's just like a lot of right. you know, just a lot of uh a lot of feelings Yeah. And, and but things. I mean the fact that you did them all in in the same year is, yeah. is like is heavy. It's yeah. just it was like a it was like a it was a heart, you know, and and I won't like I'm a new pro rock climber. Right. You know, this is this all thing this whole thing is new to me. Right. Like I I love rock climbing and I've done it for a while mm-hmm. and that's where it's all rooted in. And right. so I never felt pressure from companies or pressure to be a pro athlete, but maybe internally I was just like, Wow, you're like you're the further I got away from climbing, the more stressful it became too. You know, the more I dealt with these life things that are going to happen to everyone. The, the more stress I felt about being a professional rock climber right. and in this privilege, very amazing privileged lifestyle is also like a lot of really hard. You know, you've got to work really hard and you've got to be like traveling a lot and being by yourself a lot, mm-hmm. being lonely. And so I just, I just questioned a lot of things. I questioned like, am I capable of spending three months on a rock climb? And I found out I am. So, yeah. <laughs> 
There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, you know, you talked about anxiety and depression being part of a crisis that you had uh, in ninth grade. Yeah. Social anxiety kind of right. stuff with school and yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of, I mean, let me say this, as far as I can understand it, you know, I, I said, oh, that ninth grader's still in there. Yeah. And, and, you know, it reminds me of like, whatever, alcohol, drug addiction, like yeah. once you get clean, it's still always there. Yeah. Right. And I think with people who, who deal with, with these things on that level, it's like, yeah, you're always doing the work. Yep. It's always there. But in some ways I'm like, well, what, what from that, what from that, uh, those feelings, you know, translated into this guy. I was about to say kid, but we'll, we'll, everybody's a kid to me. That's it's like fine. younger than forty. You can call but, me a kid, <laughs> yeah. Or this this young man, this person who then you know can f- like put so much energy, effort, obsession into performance rock climbing. Like, is there a connection between some um, of that stuff? I mean. Do you think, or, or yeah, am maybe, I like I getting mean, out there on no, a wing no, no. here? Uh, I tend to do that. This is what I do. Like no, I get fine. out there on these like psychological. I think whether like, I answer your answer, right. your answer your question correctly right. or take it in my own way is is fine. Right. But like uh, I'm I'm really grateful that I had to like that in the ninth grade was really hard. Like I really struggled with high school and school and uh, uh, just all of those things and got the help that I need and I right. learned coping mechanisms and that like. Uh, that I got away from this summer. And that's probably why I felt the way that I felt in a lot of ways. And yeah, I don't know if it like how much it attributes to, to my climbing or to, you know, that like this whole like rock climber lifestyle, but, um, there's definitely like, there's, there's things that are similar in a way. Well, the singularity of focus is, I think is what sort of becomes the unusual thing that allows, you know, a very small percentage of people to excel at whatever yep. sport. Yep. Um, you know, because that's the, the, I keep talking about like the, the guy or girl is like, Oh yeah, they just train more. And it's like, yeah, they just train more. Yep. You know, and oh, if I train more and it's just like, yeah, if you train more, yeah. you don't, and I don't, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I'm in this yeah. boat of like, yeah. You know, I I honest I realize that me going and training would benefit me. Yep. I just don't do it because I don't yep. have it. Yeah. And so I was just kind of like so, thinking about like how there could be a channeling of totally. You know, I think like it's a double anxiety sword. over performance it's, could be. It's, it's you know, double double right, edged. Right. I think I care I care a lot. Right. I, I really care about the things that I do, and so that drives me forward. But then there's also this there's this side of of being being anxious or or feeling stressed about trying to red point or or to or what am i doing with my life anxiety yeah, like, that we all have you know right. i'm 25 and i'm like what am i what am i doing i just keep like you know I what keep i mean bringing up hurricane the town yeah it's so great and that's a pretty close to the proper pronunciation <laughs> hurricane locally. yeah hurricane. hurricane it's i just keep getting this image but... of you just like you know a lonely feeling yeah. like <laughs> on your rest days like in hurricane or maybe you go yeah, somewhere I gotta, else but like i got a yeah. i got a gym membership at the anytime fitness nice. uh and it's a <laughs> take showers and foam right, roll and stretch right. okay. and and i'm sure the people of hurricane like this very small mormon utah town right, were right. like who is this weird yeah, dude yeah. and i'm like the, i'm the alk yeah i'm the yeah. weird one there yeah. but like yeah so i think there's de- is it's a it's a weird lifestyle right. uh in it and i i'm just grateful i get a rock like rock yeah, climbing is yeah. my medicine it always has yeah, been you right. know it's like really healthy for me and 
and it's really healthy for a lot of people whether whether it's like the actual climbing side mm-hmm. or the community side mm-hmm. or like having having evangelism uh which is like we hear that word and we think of religion but really it's just like people meeting together or people mm-hmm. having community mm-hmm. it's just like having a similar passion that we can talk about you yeah. know and have focus and have drive and those are the things that make me healthy right they're healthy for me well it's interesting because you know you're talked about this year you know this this sort of series of bad things and then kind of forgetting or not understanding like what rock climbing meant to you for for a minute and it's it's really interesting because again thinking about depression and that's one of those those you know uh horrible feedback loops is that even if you intellectually understand what's good for you, you don't do it. And that's really the, that's really the, the difference when you just said of being sad versus actual clinical depression. It's yeah. like when you're sad, you have this feeling of knowing that you're, you're going to not be sad at yeah. some point. But, and so it's interesting that you were able to figure out and lucky that I think you were able to figure out that like, well, I don't feel like climbing and climbing doesn't feel significant to me at this moment, but I should go do it because it yep. is my medicine. Yep. And it's like taking your medicine. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I, I mean? mean, and it's like, and you broke out of it and like, yeah, great place just, to freaking do it is my It's important to, yeah. you know, it's important to, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so easy to, to hide or to, you know, sink away in those times. And you like, like get out of your own way and, go through it instead of like trying to get around or something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and having the experience with the kid I coached, it kind of also, you know, it was like, this is crazy. You know, I just felt crazy that like I was dealing with something and I'm not now, now I'm like that person for, for somebody else as well. And gave gave me a significant amount of perspective. Was he physically recovered? Did he? Yeah. So he didn't mess himself up. He's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's okay. Because the um, boys tend to, to do something like yeah, go um, big. Like, yeah, he's okay. Um, I mean, I, in terms of just physically. Yeah, physically. Um, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I spent a lot of time with him right after. And mm-hmm. um, he's, he's back into climbing and back, you know, it's like, you know, he has days where he doesn't care about rock climbing. He's like, right. I don't really want to, I don't really want to go. And I'm like, that's okay. Right. But. Let's not make a cycle of that. Well, it's interesting. You can miss that, days, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, you can yeah. not be motivated to go to the gym, and that's fine. But as soon as that becomes normal, that's now Now you're getting away from something that you know is healthy for you. Right. You know? And, and it's, 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 uh, that's, it's a much longer conversation of like, you know, when you're, you're just apathetic about it. You know you want to, you know you right. want to care about it, and you don't. Right. You know, that's a, that's a hard thing to talk to anybody about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just like uh, trying to put yourself in more situations. And to me, it's like trying to say yes as much as I can. Sure. Trying well, to, it's, yeah. it's cool that you have this experience that you have. Yeah. I mean, he's 15 years old. Yeah. It's like. Which is when, like I dealt with the yeah. things that I dealt with for, exactly. you know, like yeah. I had to face them for the first time. Uh-huh. And where did you grow up? I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you're a homeboy there I, in the red. Yeah, I grew up. Uh, I grew up climbing in the red. I started climbing in the red when I was like 12 years old. Uh-huh. Um, so that's like, yeah, that's my, that's my place. <laughs> right on. That's my that's my home. It's interesting. You don't sound like you grew up in Louisville. No. No. 
<laughs> I, I travel a lot nowadays. Right. <laughs> Lawful. Yeah, right. You can Lawful, get, uh, Kentucky. Yeah. Get no, some... I mean if I go into a, if I go into a diner, right? You just you'll hear me say a lot of yes, ma'ams. And, right. Yeah, and, of course. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so you're like, you know, we. I just asked you earlier that um, if you were still kind of like riding uh, some of the feelings you got from yeah. from Flight. this climb. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you headed to now? Yeah, so it's cool. I get a I get to go home and train. Um and then I maybe two weeks ago I booked a ticket to go back to Spain. Okay. It was my fourth time there. Um to kind of like Catalonia region, you know, the sport climbing capital of the world. So I'll be there. I leave the February twenty fifth. Um and I was I was there two years ago and I tried a route called Joe Blau at Oleana um and wasn't able to do it. Um, the goal is to kind of go back and climb that route and then to, you know, kind of get away from projecting and, right. you know, maybe climb more routes. Okay. I think it's, uh, just kind of sample a little bit more, do it, do a bit more rock climbing than just being like locked in on one set of moves. <laughs> yeah. So, and so when you go to a place like Oleana, you can, you can show up, uh, what a crazy place. <laughs> well, you can show up by yourself because you're going to know totally like half the crags. Totally. So, do you normally travel like that, or do you, um, or do you partner up? So this trip to Oleana, most of my Euro trips will be. I'll try to coordinate to do like a a trip with somebody. Right. So my buddy Eric and I are going for the whole five weeks together. There have been, you know, other trips like when I when I drive out somewhere, when I drive out west, uh, it's normally solo. Yeah, and both are both have their perks, and both have their you know like it's all, yeah, they're all great. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with. I'm kind of fine with either. I I think maybe I'd rather have like buddies. Is kind of makes trips like a little easier sometimes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, even though um, you can get sick. Of but each it's other. also like <laughs> you know, in a place like the Red, like I think something that makes me uh, in the on the Z list celebrity or whatever, like I'm well known enough in the climbing community, is that mm-hmm. I'm just like out at the crag all the time. Right. And so like I just meet I just meet people, and in that like. There's so many people that are on just the same circuit. Right. You know, like everyone goes to Waco in the winter and then they go to, you know, here and then there and then here. So it's normally pretty easy to like kind of link up or, mm-hmm. you know, have, I would, I would, I would rather like, uh, the people that I'm with is really important to me, especially when you're in this process of having such a hard battle, um, having like a really good moral, uh, support, a really good group of, of team around you is, is really helpful. So it's, you know, I think I'd. It's nice when you're with good people. Right. It makes everything easier. All right, I'm going to I'm going to get all like dad on you here, yeah. but uh It's fine. When you are, you know, on the dark mean streets of Hurricane. Yeah. You know, <laughs> all alone kicking a can down the street. Yeah. Um and you you mentioned like you have these moments of like, well, what should I really do with my life? Or is this, <laughs> you know, and and then this idea this year, you know, you you had these ability you had the ability to I think contribute in terms of coaching and specifically yeah. with this kid that we're, we've been talking about. Um, what do you think that does look like? I mean, yeah. So ha- have you got some sort of like, no, <laughs> I mean, they're MBAs and probably out at this point. Man, uh, I, was, I was ready to, I, I, in every single bio I've ever filled out, it's like, uh, what would you be doing if you weren't rock climbing? And I'm like, MBA, you yeah. know, I'm five foot nine with, Two inch vertical. I'd be playing stadiums <laughs> with uh, with a guitar or bass. Yeah, yeah, straight up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, no, man. I mean, I think that I think that 
it's good to have plans. It's good mm-hmm. to have a five-year, 10-year plan. And it's also really good to live in the moment and say right, yes right. to the opportunities that arrive. Um, that's where I'm at now. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. I think that there's a lot of opportunities that I feel out and some, some work out and some don't, you know, uh, whether that's, you know, I feel like there's an avenue for me in the climbing community, whether that's working for brands or, or whatever, you know, right now I want to pursue climbing at a high level and I want to give back via, um, slideshows and clinics that I do. Like I don't get like, I, you know, I do the whole social media thing, and I, I, I think it's a, it can be a really great place for inspiration and, and for, you know, for networking and things like that. Um, but the things that really, like, drive me forward is when I, like, get to work with a group of people on skills that they want to do, whether it's Jim to Crag or an endurance clinic or anything like that. So those, th- that's what separates me as an athlete a lot is that I, I like, I want those opportunities. I want... I don't want to feel so selfish all the time too. Um, and I want to give, give my knowledge back to people And that energy is reciprocated. You know, I care right. a lot about it. Um, I work hard at it. I show up on time and the people in my clinics and in my slideshows, I think can, can feel that. Um, so that's where I'm at now. That's what I want to pursue is my climbing and these the uh, finding these other ways that I can, that I can do more for my community and I don't know what that looks like long term. Right. I don't know if I can be a pro rock climber forever. I'm, you know, I, I know that th- there's th- there's a lot more for me to achieve in my own climbing that I personally want to pursue. Um, but there's also a point where you're, you know, maybe not climbing your hardest, or maybe I just don't always want to feel the pressure that I have to be climbing hard. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I find that I'm inspired by people, and I want to inspire others. Right. And I think that's maybe why I connect with people like Kobe Bryant so much is that I'm inspired by by people, these, these big people in my life. And uh, ho- hopefully I can do that for other people. That doesn't make you money, though, all the time. So there's times where I'm okay being broke. And, yeah. uh, you know, like, you know. I didn't go to college. I don't have a, I don't have a backup plan. I'm mom, my mom and dad. My, my mom. My she, mom. Yeah, they actually my asked mom. me to ask you that. They called earlier. <laughs> <laughs> my mom gave me a Christmas present a week ago. Nice. <laughs> Christmas was a month. You know what I like? Yeah, it's right. like, I like, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And, and sometimes I'm scared right. of that and I'm right. insecure about that. Right. But I also feel like I have enough people around me that would tell me like, hey, dude, you're fucking up. Or uh, you should be like maybe looking. There's people that right. would give me that dad advice. That's constructive criticism that mm-hmm. that I you know that I would look at. And I just like try to pay attention to the people yeah. before me, people like Jonathan Segrist or whatever, you know, who have made a lane or made, you know, their own kind of path. Well, it's interesting uh, that... I've been talking personally and um, with listeners of the show to about this idea and, and for, for eight years, yeah. this idea of climbing hard being the pathway to sp- sponsorship. Yeah. And then it's kind of morphed in lately into this whether or not like these sponsorships are pushing some of these you know, big mountain climbers to do things that mm, interesting. are getting them killed. Or whatever. But there's been this – but what, what I, I'm getting at with this is that an interesting thing about when you really look at – people who are sort of sponsored or yep. they're working with brands is a better way to put it because a lot of times you're a salaried employee yep. and have yep. all these obligations yep. aside from just fucking off and climbing yep. all the time. It's That's actually way more common than just like straight sponsorship yep. is that in fact, if you look around at a lot of brands, North Face and BD and 
and uh, Patagonia especially, they are sponsoring people who are really good and interesting climbers, but they're actually sponsoring them for a lot of good other things that they're doing yeah. in the climbing community. You know, just talking to Kate Rutherford today, you know, a Patagonia athlete, totally. like full on, but you know, she's doing this farm to table for climbers kind of thing. And, yep. uh, you know, trying to identify places near, uh, you know, popular climbing areas where you can get local food and all yep. that sort of stuff. And so it's like, that's why she's sponsored. Yeah. I mean, you don't know the last hard thing she climbed. Yeah. And she's been in the game a minute. Forever. You know? It's yeah. like, and so it's, it's, it can morph into this thing that's not about, oh my God. And in fact, yeah. it rarely is anymore about totally. how hard I'm not Adamandra. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm, I, you know, I would really like to climb 515. I haven't, you know, like, right. I, you know, I don't think, I think longevity is key in being, you know, I want to conduct myself in a way that my parents will be proud of, mm-hmm. that my community mm-hmm. would be proud of, that I'm proud of. Right. Um, you know, that's, that, that's important. That homegrown stuff is like real. Um, yeah. You know, it's like I'd rather have that support than like one major success and be forgotten about forever or whatever. Right. You know, the whole sponsorship world and all of that is is uh, I think it's definitely trending to to individuality and and people and and diversity. I'm a, I'm a privileged white male. There's people who had a much harder path to get mm-hmm. where they got, mm-hmm. um, and you know, those people need to be there. Needs to be more support, more opportunity and accessibility for everyone to find rock climbing it changed my life and everyone should have that opportunity as well if they want to cool well yeah. thanks for sitting down drew <laughs> yeah thank you so much that was kind me. of a fun ride man yeah, yeah, it's, yeah i mean it's probably different than a lot of the ones you do yeah totally um, but uh i really really appreciate the opportunity yeah. and um and getting to spend time with you and yeah it's great yeah. cool thanks man thank you so much <laughs> Okay, folks, thanks to Drew Mack for sitting down, and I hope you guys enjoyed that. And I don't have much to tell you. I think that uh, this time around, check your knot means staying inside, staying safe, making sure those around you are staying safe. And staying in touch with your fellow isolators is probably a good idea, too. So instead of check your knot, check on each other and we'll talk again before the end of March I promise follow your bliss and by bliss I mean the deep sense of being in it and doing what the push is out of your own existence you follow that and doors will open where there would you would not have thought there were going to be doors and where there wouldn't be a door for anybody else and there's something about the integrity of a life and the world moves in and, and helps